Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. Discussing chapter 18, Moksha Sannyasa Yoga, Yoga of Liberation through Renunciation. And we have discussed what this chapter is all about, whether you can see it as a summary or the final recommendations. You can see it like William Barr's four-page summary of 400-page Muller's report. You're trying to make the sense out of it without reading the whole 400 pages before you have this argument about what is right. One party says it completely exonerates Trump, and other party says there are some issues here. That's because before reading the 400 pages, you're reading the memo. So here, if you just read chapter 18 by itself, it probably won't make any sense to you. But if you read the entire Bhagavad Gita from chapter 1 through 17 and then read chapter 18, it should make sense to you. So what we have discussed so far is, in Bhagavad Gita, the recommendations are made for your betterment, for your growth, for your happiness. In general, we have realized that in this world, there are people who are different from each other, but each one is striving for the one and the same goal, which is to achieve happiness. And not only just the happiness in a finite term, but infinite term. I want to get happiness which never ends. So we all learned who we are at this limited self, what is our identity when we identify with the Supreme, and how can we remove this parallax between the limited self an unlimited self to achieve that infinite happiness. So this chapter now brings it back to our attention that what we have discussed. So what we have discussed so far is working in this world is absolutely necessary. In this world you will not be able to stand still without acting anything. Because of our experiences that any time I get involved in something and there are conflicts and there are frictions and therefore it creates unhappiness, maybe I should stay away from all this thing. But one said that's not the answer because you just cannot stay without doing anything. So therefore understand what action is all about. You should not give up actions, but act in accordance with the advice in the sastras which say that there are actions which are forbidden actions, naisiddhya karma. It is not that you and I have to invent the will all over again every time. We have the wisdom of our ancestors, our civilization, our culture, which tells you that stay away from this. This is not going to help you. Just like you tell a child, don't put finger in the fire, you're going to get burnt. Don't put finger in the electrical outlet, you'll get shot. 
you don't have to try it out to see whether it works or not. So the nisiddhi karma are forbidden so that you don't get burnt. You don't get completely destroyed. Now what is left is niyata karma and naimitya karma. My daily duties and my special duties. Those Bhagavan said you should do it with an attitude of non-attachment and thou shall achieve your goal of getting happiness. That's basically a simple advice in the beginning. But then the question occurs that we are all of different temperaments and we all have different goals. We act in different fields. Is it really apply to all of us or only apply to the great evolved people who have understood all this philosophy of life? And Bhagavan come to the conclusion, a guideline, that no, it applies to all of you. Whether you are at the top of the pyramid or at the bottom of the pyramid in the society. Therefore, we have discussed the four types of people. This classification which we have just learnt in previous verses says there are four types of people. They are defined by their own nature, their own gunas. It does not say that because you are a Brahmana, these gunas are yours. It's a no, no, because you have these gunas, you will be considered a Brahmana. You should consider yourself a Brahmana. Because you have these following gunas, bravery, valor, brightness, lordliness, then you should be Kshatriya. It's not other way around. Because you are Kshatriya, you should have these qualities. No, no, because you have these qualities, you are a Kshatriya. And then because you have these qualities, you are a Vaishya or a Kshudra. It did not say that one class is more important than other. He said it's applicable to all of you. The advice given in Bhagavad Gita, whether you are at the lowest rung, at the Kshudra level, or the Brahmin level, it all will apply to you. So last time somebody asked me, can you make a reference to the Purusha Sukta in Raghuveda? So in Purusha Sukta, the same idea is explained. Purusha Sukta starts with Sahastra Shirsa, Purushaha, Sahastraksha, Sahastrapad. This Purusha is envisioned as the universal being. If the entire creation is one being, then how will you view it? Or the sage who saw this universe as one being, he saw him as the being with thousands of eyes and thousands of legs and thousands of mouths. Very similar to what we have learnt in Bhagavad Gita in that Vishwarupadas in chapter 11. So he said, this Purusha is everywhere. Sabhumim visvato vratva atyatistat dash angulam. He is enveloping the entire universe and is spreading in all ten directions. Ten directions we have discussed before. Eight cardinal directions, northwest, east, south, northwest, southwest, southeast, and northeast. There are eight up and down, ten. He's extending in all ten directions. And then the question asks, what about his limbs? What are his parts? Brahmano Mukha Asita. The first time you hear this, Brahmano Asya Mukha Asita. Brahmanas are his mouth. This universal being in his self is envisioned as what's 
coming out of his mouth is Brahmanas. So Brahmana, the knowledge, speech. What we see is Brahmano asya mukham asitaha, bahuhu rajanya krutaha. His arms are made up of rajanya, kshatriyas. Uru tadasyat vaishyaha. His thighs are made up of vaishyas. And padyam shudro ajayataha. And his feet are made up of shudras. The shudras constitute his feet. Vaisyas constitute his thighs. Kshatriyas constitute his arms. And Brahmanas his mouth. This being cannot be complete if any one of them you remove. The complete picture of the supreme being it cannot be complete if you just take the Brahmanas and say other three are not necessary. He is who he is because all four parts. And then it continues and says, Nabya Asid Antariksham. His navel forms the space between the heaven and the earth. Sishnaudyo Samavartataha. His head sustained in heaven, Padmyam Bhumir Desaha. Your feet are sustaining the earth. Nikshotra Tatha Lokan Akalpayan and his ears, the directions. So basically, this one single entity is viewed as encompassing every part of the society, every part of our universe. Brahmanas are his mouth, Kshatriyas are his hands, arms, and Vaishyas are his thigh, and Shudras are his feet. He is supported by Shudras and Vaishyas, but it is part of the same entity. So it's not the intention of the writer of this Purushottam to put anyone down or so, but basically saying this system just cannot function unless there are all four types of people at any given time, at any given place, in any given society. So therefore we have discussed in this that there are four types of people you may fall in any one of them, depending on your qualities. If you find your qualities to be of service, your Shudra, and as we said, an entire service sector now today can be part of Shudras. Because we are serving. Serving is the nature of Shudras. Creating wealth is the nature of Vaishyas. If you put the Vaishyas where the Rajanya is supposed to be, that happens what is happening in USA now. So Bhagavan said that, each one has his own quality and when you try to mix each other without understanding, it may create issues and problems. But if you understand yourself, where you stand, at least at your level, this Bhagavad Gita is for the self-unfoldment, for individuals' self-development. Therefore, if you understand, so the next four verses from 45 through 48, are actually the essence of how to be successful. So if we forget the entire message of Bhagavad Gita, but understand these four verses and contemplate on it and practice, Bhagavan guarantees that you will be a happy person, and you will be a successful person. These verses are applicable to all four classes of people. Not just for the Brahmins, and not just for the Kshatriyas or Vaishyas, but even Kshudras. All four of them, if they can stick to this formula of success, 
then success is guaranteed. That's basically what these four verses are all about. Verse 45, which we have seen, says, Sve sve karmani abhirataha. Sam siddhim labate naraha. The first statement of fact. Devoted to one's own duty, a man attains perfection. Perfection should not be taken as realization that now I have realized what myself is. Whatever the field you are practicing, if you stay within your own nature, you will achieve perfection in that. If I'm a sweeper, if I focus into it, I'll achieve perfection. They always wonder, well, all these people who have this garbage collection company. I mean, at some point, the guy had some interest in garbage collection, right? Before he became big businessman, has lots of trucks running around all over Richmond. You know, you can't become, suddenly get interested in the garbage collection. I actually had a client one time with one of this recycling business. Just passing through his yard, all junk all around it. Then you go to his office, which is an air-conditioned, nice little office, nice little conference room, you sit down. But just going through that made me realize that this guy must be really feeling comfortable in this environment. Therefore, he can be a successful businessman trading in this recycling business. Bhagavan said, wherever you feel comfortable, karmani abhirataha, according to your own dharma, if you follow the actions, if you perform actions in your own field of interest, sansiddhim labhate naraha, person gets success. That's as simple as that. If I try to do something which is not my nature, I may get some success here and there, but I'll never get full success. I tried developing some hotels and lost my shirt. But designing hotels, I do very well. So after I lost all my investment, I said, let me go back to what I do best. Keep designing for other people. I can give advice to other people where to build a hotel, what is the right location, what will work, what will not work. I tried to do it myself. Complete failure. So Bhagavan said, if you stay within your realm of interest, of your own nature, success is guaranteed. You will achieve success. Swa karma nirataha siddhim yatha bindati tatsarana. But how that happens, Bhagavan said, I'll tell you now. How working in the field of your own interest, one can get siddhim, perfections, success, expertise, you know. And we find in this world there are all kinds of experts. Every time I come across a new challenge in my profession with something which I never heard about, somebody says design something and say it requires something so unique. I say, how do I figure this thing out? And then I realize that there are experts in that. Even there's a disaster, there will be we find that suddenly that there are experts in this world who deal with that type of disaster, you know, which we have never thought about that. How can you have experts in that field when the disaster only occurs once in a so there are people who find their niche and they become expert because they pursue the field of their interest. It's as simple as Bhagavan said. How they do it, Bhagavan said, I will explain to you now. So the next three verses just simply says how you should view your own field of interest and then try to be successful in that. And what's the purpose? They said, Yataha pravritti bhutanam. Yena sarvam idam tatam. 
no matter where you are and what your position in life one thing you have to keep in mind that you are part of this whole you are not an island by yourself your own qualities did not come from some vacuum jar somewhere they all came from from the same entity who is pervading everywhere yatha pravrutti bhutanam from whom all the beings have come you are not an exception you are not an alien from this being you also have come from same place everyone else have come from all the things and beings have come from the same source and you are part of it so remember all your qualities came from that one single entity that purusah sahasra shira sah purusha yena sarvam idam tatham by whom this entire universe is pervaded including your own self that simple understanding is it you must have before you start anything that i am no different than others i am part of the same whole as others are swakarmana tam abhyarcha siddhim vindati manah however swakarmana by following his own dharma and acting in that field siddhim vindati manavah a person achieves success first to understand that everything i do because that all pervading entity who is also part of my own self now if i find out what is my field of interest and then pursue my actions in that field then i can achieve siddhi but if my nature is this but i consider to work in this field what happens so therefore he says that shreyan swadharmo vigunah bhagwan knows what our weaknesses are grass is always greener on the other side in the other yard my neighbor's yard always looks better than my yard so bhagwan said your dharma even though devoid of qualities vigunah it did not say that it is evil they do use word evil here it did not say it's a vigunah without any great qualities if my job is to just sweep the floor now obviously nobody is going to congratulate me but if you don't sweep floor correctly then everybody will fall say why you didn't do your job last one was so good but this one is useless we also go to some shop and sometimes the person who is working there for 10 dollars an hour is so happy and to receive you with joy. you love to go there because that person is making you feel like he enjoys his job and he's welcoming you or in some place you go and the guy doesn't want to talk to you i tell this story all the time when i came to this town i was commuting from northern virginia so i will come here on tuesday morning and then stay tuesday night wednesday night and then thursday i'll go back to northern virginia i did it for a year and a half so obviously in the evening i'll try to at least get indian meal in some restaurant those days i'm talking about 95 94 95 There were only two restaurants I knew. There was one on Broad Street, and Ram Pai used to have a restaurant somewhere in that area also. But I did not know Ram Pai. I knew that other restaurant, right? Because it was right on Broad Street. Around seven o'clock or so, I go there. There is nobody there other than me. 
the owner will be behind this counter in the little hall. Food was nice, decoration was very nice, everything was good. Generally, one or two customers. So my colleague, who was a Richmond native, he said, Neil, I'll take you to an Indian restaurant. He's an American. I said, I, I know one. He said, I'll take you to another good one. So he took me to Rampai's restaurant. Rampai's restaurant was a dump. It was in a location, you won't even find it. But it was filled with people. There was no place to see, to wait. But somehow we sat down, Ram came and said hello to my friend and me. And, and then he said, now living, we also have a Gujarati night. So come on such and such day. So I started going more to Ram. So one day I said, Ram, tell me one thing. I go to this guy, he's a nice restaurant, right on Broad Street, perfect location, good decor, reasonably good food. Not that your food is any better, actually yours is probably not as good as his. But you have all these people, and this guy is not. He said, Neil, there is one big difference. What is that? He said, I go and talk to every customer and make him feel like he is very special. He never comes out of his counter and talks to anybody. That's the only difference. But he said, that's why his business doesn't work, and mine work. Because he enjoyed what he was doing, and he enjoyed having people in his restaurant, it worked. Other guy, it's a business. You want to come, eat, I'll give you something. So Bhagavan said, if you enjoy your work and work in that field, then even if it is vigunaha, if it is not considered to be a great work, paradharma to anusthita, others dharma, which is well executed, is well regarded by the society. So he is doing a great work. Maybe I should try and say, then people will say, what a great work I am doing. But that's his nature. The social work, you know. Some people are great social workers. Oh, looks like everybody says there's a great work. You try to do it, and if that's not your nature, it will not work. So if it is not your nature, if you try to do it, there is great chance you will fail. You may work very hard and get some success in that, but it will not give you joy and happiness. As much as, Sreyan Swadharmo Vigunaha, even my own interest is not of great value to others, but it's great value to me because I enjoy doing that job. Swabhava Niyatam Karva Kurvan Apnoti Kilbisham. One who works in the field of his own interest, in his own according to his own nature. He follows his own nature. I like to be an artist, let me work in art. I like to be an athlete. He said, Kurvan na apnoti kilbisam. He does not incur any sin. Paapane punya we talk about, not in that sense. But he does not incur any wrong impression on his mind. He does not agitate his mind. The purpose of working in this world is to exhaust your vasana. My vasana was to sing. So no matter what the situation, I find a way to exhaust my vasana. So even though I'm an architect, my heart is in singing, so I'll find somewhere or other. I'll find opportunities to do that. So Bhagavad said, Swabhava niyatam karma kurvan apnoti kilbisham. You will feel joy in doing what you're doing. And therefore, it will never create any wrong impression on your mind, which will agitate your mind. I'm working in a field which is not of my interest, so whatever I do, there is some conflict occurs, it puts a wrong impression on my mind. 
agitates my mind, creates more desires to do something different. So Bhagavan said, stay in your field, even though it is not of a great value to others. Vigunaha. People don't consider it's a great work. It's Chandal doing what all he is doing in, in this masan is not considered great things, but he has to do what he is doing. There is a story that one guy who was Chandal, while dying, he told his son, I haven't done anything good, but do something so that people say that he was a good person. His son thought, what can I do? So what he started doing is when these dead bodies come, before burying, he will drive a nail through the head and then bury it. After all, people found out, this guy is doing something really weird, you know. What is he doing? His father was better than him. Job done. Anyway, Sahajam Karma Kaunteya, Whatever comes naturally to you, you stick to it and work in that field. Do those actions which gives you joy. They are not perfect. Those actions are not considered the best thing you can do. But do not give them up. Even though it seems that what he is doing or she is doing is so great, but when you go there and find out that also is not without any defects or downside. Dumena agnihi avavrataha. Just as any fire, there's always some smoke is enveloping it. You will find that every action, no matter how great it seems from outside, will have its own downside. We'll stop right here. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschid Dukkha Bhagbhave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om